That's how it starts. The fever, the rage, the feeling of powerlessness that turns good men cruel. Welcome, I'm Andrew Dice. And I'm Stephen Colbert. And this is Batman v Superman by the Minute, a podcast devoted to re-watching and discussing Batman v Superman one single minute at a time. We have arrived at minute 81. The Batmobile chase is over. Batman has witnessed the Batmobile basically destroyed by Superman and told that the Bat is dead. Bury it. He returns back to the Batcave with the the Batmobile sparking all the way. And as the Batcave doors open to, to see how Batman is going to deal with this planned interception of Kryptonite. Yeah. A, a little fun stuff in this minute, but, but let's see how much we can find to talk about it. Deal? Deal. Another really cool shot of the Batcave where we really realize that it is mainly just a catwalk for the Batmobile to drive into. And then basically that one platform that we've seen. Yeah. It's, I don't want to say surprisingly small because it's not, but it's very like efficient and utilitarian. If you compare to the Nolan Batcave, which was always way more cave than, um, than anything else versus, yeah, I was going to say that. I was like, oh, that is, that doesn't doesn't make sense (laughs) versus like in the, like the Schumacher Batcave or even like in a lot of the comics or, or whatever you have this like massive cavern that makes no sense with like a giant penny and stuff in there. Yeah. (laughs) And uh, I I don't think that's in the Schumacher one, but I mean, in the more extravagant versions, whereas in this, like in this shot, we see the, the bat wing, which I think is the first time we see that this movie right up in the, there's a curtain in the top left. It took, I thought it was a statue at first until I realized, Oh no, that's a drape over the, like the bat wing. And then we know that there's like a, an area underneath where they work on the Batmobile. And then we see the stairs where like the Robin costume and the uh, the suit and cowl go, and then like the kind of armory, and then the like detective computer area, <laughs> the forensics lab, I guess maybe is what so it is like an armory, a garage, a landing pad, and a forensics lab, or <laughs> basically is like how it's divided. Yeah, we get a physical confirmation of the space thanks to a shot that I know a lot of people, Batman, you know, comic fans love finally getting to see Batman pull up in the Batmobile, leap out, and just walk up from the Batmobile right to the computer. I think it was also the first time that we've got to see him casually, like, stop driving, get out, and rip off his cowl, basically, like, taking his coat off, which leads to the one most notable thing about this minute, the Texas switch that takes place between Rich Citrone, friend of the show, who leaps out of the Batmobile in the Batsuit and pulls off the cowl, but because we don't want to see Ben Affleck with black eye makeup and, you know, must up hair. When Rich passes behind the wall, Ben exits the other side. Yeah, I love shots like this that are just like good old like fashion, like old school practical effects and camera tricks because it allows you to do a, a tracking shot instead of having like that, like... I always loved watching Power Rangers, how after you notice that you can never unsee it, but like they never actually put their helmets on or off, how they they have the helmet and it's closed and they literally just move it down it in, front of in, them. in between yep. the camera and their face. And then it cuts away. And then when it cuts back, it is like fastened onto their head. 
Movie magic. Yeah, yeah, that's that's one way of doing it with movie magic. This is this is the other. The bonus is that this is the not the first time in the film, but this is definitely the the first time that both Ben Affleck and Rich get to appear in the same shot as Batman. Yeah. As the shot is handed off to Ben Affleck um, as Bruce Wayne, he approaches the monitors to see, well, I put a tracker on this truck. How bad has this situation gone now that Superman kept me from stopping it or tracking it? And we get a crosscut between him looking at the tracker and the tracker arriving where we know it is headed to Lex Luthor beeping all the way. I do love the little, the syncing up of the beeping between the tracker and the computer Bruce is looking at. That's a small detail that can go unnoticed, but that's just super fun. And it's not the only time that happens, but it's always great. Yeah. Now this doesn't really give him any new information. I'm trying to think, right? Because he knew, obviously, he he learned about the white Portuguese from hacking Luther's. Yeah, he knows he knows that this is Lex's plan. This is him. I take this as him staring. I think I spoke before how we're going to see Bruce Wayne staring at Superman because of Superman's interference. Now Lex has the thing. Right. That Bruce did not want him to get. Right. And also he knows where it is. Obviously, he didn't necessarily know specifically where Lex would take it when he got it. But so now we know that the, yeah. the kryptonite is still in play. It's not like Lex made it disappear off the, the chessboard. Not yet. He's made it disappear off of the truck, though, because he opens up the container and we get just as he is lifting open the box and we're getting the first hint of a green glow the minute ends. Yeah, it is interesting that it's the same, like the same box as they had from the, the nightmare sequence. Doesn't necessarily mean anything. Obviously, they're going to transport it in a in a similar box. Uh, we can assume it is kryptonite. We can assume Lex has it. But how this scene is going to play out uh, beyond this point, it's certainly going to get more fruitful for for our purposes. But yeah, it's a it's a cool minute, even though it's not. You know, what is important about it is communicated pretty clearly. I don't want to dissect. What is the what do the numbers mean on Batman's? Yeah, monitor? there's a part of me that's like. I'm always tempted to like get the binary numbers out of there and run them through a thing to see if they spell out anything. If you like convert them to alphanumeric. Um, oh, and with but that, I don't, I don't, we're going to call I an said there's end a part of me to this minute. <laughs> I always resist before we get into one thing that I, I do kind of question in a moment like this is, when it comes to like Lex's plan, we know that he's leading Batman along and he's leading Superman along. It is interesting that he didn't allow Batman to get the kryptonite. His intent is for him to have it eventually, but he seems to kind of want it himself also. I'm kind of curious if he's got like multiple contingencies kind of in mind where he's maybe he thinks he'll be able to use it himself, but if not, he'll let Batman use it or, or if there's a longer game that's at, that's at play here. But you would think that kind of the natural part of like Batman taking the bait would be for him to get the kryptonite here because he literally just swore that he would make Superman bleed. Right. And so now he's looking at the means by which that can happen. Lex has a, a plan coming in the next minutes that is going to cement that Batman is going to take the kryptonite and then have absolutely no questions about what it's going to be used for. Yeah. I guess, right, if he hands it over to Batman now or allows it to be taken, then who knows what happens? Maybe having a weapon will change Bruce's outlook. True. But that will come in later minutes. Right now, we must call an end to minute 81. We will stand staring harshly at our monitors. I almost don't want to mention that a very familiar shot appears in this episode for people who are following the Twitter handle at BVS by the minute. <laughs> um, I'm hoping that everyone 
as in as unintentionally as me watched this minute and then had a moment of total cognitive dissonance <laughs> as Bruce straddled up to the screen that was loading. Uh, the, the number of shots of him staring angrily at screens in this movie, but he's so good at it. I do think it's interesting that he was brought in as like the older grizzled Batman, yet in 2020 watching this scene, it kind of strikes me how young Ben Affleck looks in that shot, which uh, I don't think is like the intention of the, the movie by any stretch. But yeah, he's just, he, he's got a couple more, you know, he's, he's closer to the age that he was portraying in the movie in real life now. And so it is kind of funny to look at that and be like, wow, he looks a little bit more. Yeah, I, I like that it communicates he is weary, grizzled, all of these adjectives that, that you could say, but none of them physically. Yes. Like that's not, that's not how he presents, right? He He's, I think, most people would agree Ben Affleck has rarely looked better Agreed, yeah. than, than in this film. I mean, because that's part of the Bruce Wayne character, right? The the shot of him looking at the monitor in these minutes angrily rivals him looking at the Batsuit for me. Oh, yeah, for sure. In terms of just what he's communicating, you know? Well, and it helps that he's wearing the suit here. And so you kind of get that yes. duality of, like we talked about during the nightmare scene, how he's got the cowl on and his eyes are literally blacked out completely. Like, you can't even see, yeah. like, the whites of his eyes or anything. Yeah, and this is the reverse. Yeah, it's the reverse where it's like he's in the suit, and there. I think maybe maybe the whole point here is after that encounter, he hit the brakes. Maybe it was Bruce Wayne hit the brakes, <laughs> if we're going to kind of dissect what's going on. Bruce Wayne hit the brakes, Batman told Superman that he would bleed, and now we've got Bruce Wayne and Batman standing hand in hand, staring at the monitor angrily. <laughs> yeah, staring at Kryptonite in Lex Luthor's. Yeah, but and I think everybody loves... Uh, Bruce Wayne, cowl-less Batman shots. It's just one of those like iconic, something yep. so cool about him standing there with the cape and everything, but but no cowl. That's a cool thing to call out. That's a really cool thing to call out that I hadn't thought of it in that way. And considering that we're coming out of the nightmare, that's, that's super cool. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And I, I'm glad that after being like, nope, we've got nothing else to talk about, that <laughs> we are able to ramble into yeah. that for, after five minutes. Yeah, and now we... We conclude with Bruce looking at a monitor and Lex looking at we don't know what. We will find that out in minute 82. But in the meantime, if you're enjoying the podcast, we always ask that you recommend it to someone who would also enjoy it. I think that with the run up to Justice League and the conversation that's building, I think hopefully more people will enjoy it. And I always know when I find a podcast that I love and there are like 80 episodes of it, I jump up in the air and click my heels because I can not worry about catching up. Oh yeah, for sure. Well, and as we said, when we first started this podcast, the whole goal was, we feel like this is the kind of conversation that didn't happen when the movie came out that really should have, and it was just missing. And so we're excited now that of the many developments that have happened since we started this podcast, like very fortuitously, one of them is that now the sequel is actually coming out. And so we're excited to now, instead of lamenting that this conversation didn't happen five years ago, actually be a part of that conversation when it's needed this time with uh, Justice League by the Minute. So make sure you follow all of our Snyder Minute contents. Justice League by the Minute, Batman v Superman by the Minute. You can find all of our updates at SnyderMinute.com. But that's a great segue, Stephen, because if you would like to see more you can always support the podcast by going to patreon.com slash Snyder Minute. Gahool might be, let's say, lower priority than Justice League and Man of Steel, potentially. But hey, who knows what the next minutes might hold. We might find the Easter egg that makes Gahool the entire secret to Zack Snyder's DCEU. That wouldn't be shocking. Until minute 82, Steve and I have to ask, what was in the box? 
the bar, Tony's in the bar. 